Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We're glad that you're with us this week, and we're in the middle of what we would call pillars. And Rodney, can you help us kind of understand what when we talk about pillars, what we're talking about? Well, I had to have it explained to me. So back when you guys did a big show some years ago, you guys started off on, hey, the pillars of the Masculine Journey. And it started off as something, oh, you had two or three. I think you ended up with like around eight or so. By it the was end of, probably close to 10 or 12. 10 to 12 it, by it, that time? Sure double digits. Double it, digits. it went on for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I've heard the shows because I went back and listened to them. But it was just one of those, it's an inside joke. So when you hear us talk about pillars, it's the inside joke for a long-running series when we just keep coming up with more and more things on the same topic. Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, originally we were doing like three or four of this topic. And then God just kept giving us more and more and more. And so that's where it kind of came, these pillars. And yeah. so, so I don't even remember what the topic was. There was just a lot of them. I, I think it was something. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the exact It might have been the pillars of the masculine journey. Yeah, there, it was something close and similar yeah. to that. But it was, it was actually a really good series. I enjoyed it a lot. It was <laughs> I really got a lot out of it. it. Oh, no, we don't make your favorite list. <laughs> you guys used to be there <laughs> and until I got in here. Oh, and then, then you realized yeah, yeah, how like, the soup's made. And you're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, not, yeah, not when Sam that. starts slamming your clips and stuff, it's like, well, then if I'm not going to make it be on there, I'm not going to listen. Well, that helped me make a decision <laughs> about tonight's clips. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> here you go, Danny. <laughs> Appreciate it. Danny, you're up with the first clip. You, yours is still getting played as of, I don't know if Rodney's is. Yeah, I think Rodney's just got cold. It, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I always thought the pillars would be go with blankets. But, exactly. You know, that's not the case. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but clips from the Andy Griffith show, that shocks a lot of people. But um, the the show is called Henry the Jinx, and this poor guy is having a run of bad luck. And Barney and some of the other town members pile on and just, just make the matters worse. And ultimately, the guy begins to believe that he's a jinx himself. And the clip is toward the end of the show where – Andy and Aunt B and some of them are trying to redeem him and trying to, you know, shake him out of his agreement and so we can play the clip. Well, we actually can't because we didn't say what the show was about. <laughs> I yeah, I just realized we didn't yeah. say what it, So you did a great <coughs> setup and then we're going to have to come back to it. The, uh, the show is about um, agreements, vows, and bitter root agreements, right? And so bitter roots, uh, and so we're going to talk about that. And so this is a, a, an agreement or a vow that's been made by Henry the Jinx. Yes. Okay, we'll play it. Get your numbers ready oh. for the big drawing for the beautiful portable TV set. Uh, come on, Henry. Well, I think I'll step out for a breath of air. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's a drawing. You might win. Well, you've got as good a chance as anybody else. 
You took a number, didn't you? Yeah. Well, come on, then. <laughs> now, everybody sit? Go ahead, Inkty. Andy, would you do the honors? Well, I'd be proud to serve. Am <laughs> I ready? The winning number is number... <coughs> the lucky number is number 44. And the winner is stepping forward right now, and we see that it is, uh... <laughs> no number 44, huh? Everybody want to check your cards? Well, ain't my number. Why don't you look at your number? <laughs> what number did you get, Henry? You did get a number, didn't you? Good. Folks, Henry Bennett's going to show us what number he pulled out of the hat. What'd you get, Henry? Number 44? No. Six and seven eights. <laughs> Oh, Andy, he pulled out the hat sign. I told you, didn't I? No, I've even jinxed myself. Oh, uh, wait, wait a minute, Henry. Wait a minute. Uh, there's, uh, there's something you ought to know. This, uh, this drawing was rigged. Rigged? That's right. Folks, would you show Henry what number you got? Well, they've all got 44. That's right. Only, only they weren't going to say anything. That way, you'd have to win. And I still lost. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. What? What do you mean? Well, Henry, look what everyone's trying to do. To prove you're not bad luck. <laughs> what, uh, <clears throat> what Aunt B's trying to say is that you got to believe in that you're a jinx and full of bad luck and everything. And, well, I don't know how you figure it, but the way I see it, why, the luckiest thing a man can have is friendship. I heard over the last week or so, somebody sent a thing on a text or something that says, you know, if you if you hear a lie enough, then it becomes the truth to you. And that's kind of what happened to Henry, and I think that's what happens to a lot of us. I know it's happened to me more than once, is that you hear something or you think you hear something, and that becomes the agreement or the vow, and you begin to believe it yourself. And, you know, he said, I even jinxed myself. He, he had bought hook, line, and sinker into the uh, – into the lie. So, well, thank you, Danny. Uh, you set up some of what I wanted to ask Wayne about. But Wayne, can you help with another way of saying, you know, what agreements are, or what vows are, or bitter roots, or any of that? Well, Danny kind of talked about it. You know, when we hear something, <clears throat> we're making agreement with that statement. <clears throat> I'm sorry, something going on in my throat here. Now, yeah. Sam throws a mic in front of your face, and you're hoping. Body goes into shock. Yeah, well, especially so. when you don't know what I'm going to ask you. <clears throat> so, right. Yeah, that's what it was. That was intentional. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I suppose probably the easiest way to, to describe a a, um, a agreement is, you know, for me, um, it's when I hear that voice in my head, right? Whenever we hear a, a voice that's not ours, it's not God's, it's usually accusatory or um, speaks to you in the third person, um, and you take hold of it, you take ownership of it, <clears throat> just because we hear something from our you know, our friends or our family or, you know, in our own mind, you know, it's not true unless you accept that it's true. Mm. You know, um, it's, and that, and that's the, that's kind of the rub, right? You know, where do you, where do you draw that line? Right. Um, yeah. The enemy's really good at using half truths to get you to, to jump on agreements. You know, you'll do something that's not the wisest thing to do and he'll say, well, that was really stupid. And you kind of go, well, yeah, that was kind of stupid. I mean, you have to admit it, right? He's like, well, you're just an idiot. Right. Right. And so then you just agree on with him some more, yep. right? Or worse. You know, that's a very mild version of it. But, you know, and then the agreement sets in, well, I'm just an idiot. 
uh, I had a pretty serious one come up yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, um, talked about a little bit earlier, but you know, I was sitting there at my work computer and my, my um, youngest daughter, she's uh, six years, five years old. Sorry. Beautiful little girl, greatest heart you can imagine. And, and in my mind, you know, I was going through a lot of, um, I've been under a spiritual attack with a lot of my past and, you know, you again, you should have done better. You could have done, again, it's that third person voice that, that you need to listen to or, or to kind of, it helps you to determine if it's yours or not. But, and as she was sitting there playing, just as happy as she could be, um, this, I, I, and it sounded a lot like my thought and it wasn't a you or her or anything like that. The thought was actually, <clears throat> she, she could have had a better dad. Or, you know, you know, she could have had a better dad and, and that was all it was. And I started to cry and I started to kind of take that and say, and, and say in my heart, you know, yeah, she could have, um, knowing my past, she could have had a better dad. And immediately something rose up in me and I, and I knew it was not my voice. I knew it was not God's and I knew it was somebody else's. And I, and I just said, that's enough. I was like, that's not God's voice. Mm-hmm. That's not my voice. You got to go. Like, yeah. We're not having that. And it left, it, it left immediately. And then father, he, he, he dealt with some of my agreements, um, from that today. Um, I was sitting there with, I'm just having time with father and, and he asked me that question again. He said, you know, do you think she could have had a better dad? And in my heart, I still thought that. I mean, there's still a, yeah, she could have had a better life. She could have had a better dad. And he asked me point blank. He said, who knit her in the womb? Who who chooses who we're born to, right? Well, my agreement is with my dad and and my family and and a lot of things and the way I grew up and, you know. And he asked me the same question. You know, who knit you in your mother's womb? Did I not pick your father for you? Like, and he he melded it into the reality that our lives, that what he does in our lives, is he shapes us along the way. And, and the enemy comes in and tries to create these agreements to throw us off track. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne. Jim, do you want to help us with the either vows or bitter root? Bitter root is when you have, and it, often it is something that you deserve to be angry, upset about, but you nurse it. You help it grow. You want vengeance rather than forgiveness, and it eats you up. Um, I already forgot what the first thing you said was. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you, answer the part. You, you think about this time of year, people are gardening. Right? And so you have a root that's coming up, root a weed that's coming up, and if you just kind of sniff it at the top, it's not really going to do anything, right? You got to get that that whole root. Yeah, they can actually grow grow quicker if you trim them down and leave the roots in there. Exactly, and so it's getting to that root. You know, a lot of times that is an agreement. You know, at that root level, but it's one that's uh, infiltrated many many aspects of your life at that point. Because as you said, you nurse it, you nurture it, either intentionally or not intentionally, and and it grows and and spreads, you know, throughout your life. Uh, a vow, I guess I would say, is something when you make a more of a proclamation. It's usually accompanied with never or always. <laughs> I'm never yes. going to trust this person, or I'm never going to trust people again, or they're always like that. I, I literally swore to God one time I would never step foot in another Southern Baptist church, so God made me a Southern Baptist minister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he tends to let us, uh, gets us to eat those uh, those vows, yes. you know. 
I remember telling him I would never get up in front of people and talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're sure glad you broke that. Back. Yeah, well, he broke that. But yeah, it's uh, it's those things that that hold us back, and that's one of the key tools of the enemy. You know, he started as early as in the garden. Did God really say this? Right? You know, trying to get get Eve to agree with you know God's heart. You know, almost as if God was holding out on them. And so it starts very early in mankind's story, and it starts very early in our story. It happens as we're little kids. You know, a lot of our our biggest agreements, the ones that are hardest to break, the vows that are hardest to break, are the ones that has been with us for a lifetime. Whether your lifetime is you know thirty years or eighty years, you know it's still the majority of your lifetime. I don't think anyone here's in the thirty category. You're you're thirty something. Close. Yeah. Yeah, 30, or close to 30, so not 30. Okay, yeah, of course, Harold, you're 80-ish, is 80. Yeah. (laughs) 30 seconds of dead air. Yeah, no, uh, go to masculinejourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp. It's November 17th through 20th. If you would have registered sooner, you would have got an extra day, because apparently for the last several weeks, I would say the 21st. So it is only four days. It's the uh, 17th. Through the 20th, go to masculinejourney.org, register now. For me, describing boot camp, when I heard the stories from the stage that the other men had, and then during my prayer time, I'm getting a download from God on where my life is and how I have wounds and I have a place in his story. To know how I heard from God is one of those things He really does communicate with us. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. What has boot camp meant to me? That's a really tough thing to articulate. It's so deep inside me. It's ingrained in every part of me. Understanding woundedness, that's where God really caught me at my first boot camp. And also helping me step into healing and restoration from those wounds. It's kind of cool. It's like an onion. He keeps peeling back layers and it's, it's exciting and sometimes frustrating to go there with him. But I enjoy the process and the way God leads me to freedom. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. And as you hear that bump in, you're like, really? What's that about? Well, that's Dionne Warwick, and she sang that back in like late 60s, early 70s. I can't remember when it was for sure. And it sounds like a very upbeat, nice song. You know, you're listening to the, you know, the rhythm of it, and you're like, ah, everybody in the studio's dancing around, you know, well, mainly Danny and and, and uh, Rodney. And uh, but they're dancing around, and you just it makes you feel kind of good, and then you listen to the words. You know, love's only going to give you pain and sorrow. I'm going to swear off of it at least till tomorrow. And I know I'm not getting it exactly right there, but that's basically Close. what she says. And and then she says, I'm never going to love again. Never going to fall in love again. Well, you've got a never, don't you, that you'd like to probably introduce here coming up? Uh, not a, well, yeah, I'm breaking a, well, not a never. It's close to a never. Um well, I wasn't ever going to play one of David's clips, and that's going to be broken right now. Wow, we're just breaking agreements right off the bat, aren't we? <laughs> no, that was not the agreement. Uh, it, 
I, I'm not a Forrest Gump fan, and I know that's going to take a lot of people out there, and they're not going to understand it. I just am not a Forrest Gump fan, so it's really hard for me to listen to clips from Forrest Gump. But this is one of the better ones. This is one that I really liked, and this is David's first official clip that could make the air. Congratulations, David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I came in today hoping to to break that rejection agreement that I made uh, last week, but you know, it's still early on, so. Um, so this this comes into Forrest Gump when um, him and Lieutenant Dan had been uh, at war. Um, Lieutenant Dan's family, um, the men in the family had died uh, in pretty much every great war beforehand. And uh, we come into this clip where Forrest Gump had drug him out alive. And uh, he forms an agreement and a vow and ultimately sows some bitter roots um, that go on throughout the movie until he breaks that agreement. But uh, we'll go ahead and listen to this and we'll come back and talk about it. Now, you listen to me. We all have a destiny. Nothing just happens. It's all part of a plan. I should have died out there with my men. But now, I'm nothing but a cripple, a legless freak. Look, look, look at me. You see that? Do you know what it's like not to be able to use your legs? Yes, sir, I do. Did you hear what I said? You cheated me. I had a destiny. I was supposed to die in the field with honor. That was my destiny. And you cheated me out of it. Do you understand what I'm saying, Gump? This wasn't supposed to happen. Not to me. I had a destiny. I was... Lieutenant Dan Taylor. You still Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Look at me. What am I going to do now? You know, when I'm listening to that, I, I look back at, you know, he said my destiny and my destiny and my destiny. And I think a lot of time as men or even as our human flesh anyway, we form these agreements with the enemy um, that clouds what our destiny should be. Um, you know, if we take a bigger look at the picture, step back and pray about it, uh, you know, God, God will fulfill our de- destiny, and it's not necessarily what we think it should be or the agreement that we formed that we think it should be, but it's ultimately going to be what he wants it to be. And that's really what I took away from that clip. Thanks. I appreciate it. It was a good clip and good conversation. So what's wrong, guys, with having agreements? Why, why does God want us to break those? Why does he want to get us away from those? Harold? Because most of the time they're not true. Mm-hmm. And they don't always come from the devil. Most of my life I was plagued with a very bad temper. My temper was shorter than my vertical reach <laughs> by a lot. It took nothing to set me off. And my agreement was that's just who I am. And I'll never change. But I have. I sat through losing probably an hour on our trip to the coast over the weekend in traffic that was go two miles an hour, stop, wait. Go two miles an hour, stop, wait. A few years ago, I would have been screaming and lucky not to break the top half of the steering wheel off. As it was, I wasn't happy about it, but I didn't react. 
the way I would have before. I don't take the credit for breaking that agreement. I give that to the Holy Spirit because I had asked God through his Holy Spirit to help me get rid of what was plaguing my life, making my wife miserable when we were on a road trip, and it's happened. But that agreement didn't come from the devil. It came from me. And that's the sneaky part that we have to get around. It's one thing if you can hear a voice and say, that's not my voice, that's not God's voice. But when it's just a part of your nature as you see it, it's really, really sneaky and difficult to get rid of. Yeah, the hard part is that, you know, there may have been a time way back when the enemy did whisper that to you and you just said, yeah, that's me. You know, seriously, I mean, that's how he does it. He, he does it at such a young age sometimes that we don't remember even making that agreement. Or sometimes it's, you know, the old self or, or somebody that's speaking up as well. But, yeah, in that story, you had both a uh, an agreement and a vow because you said you're never going to change, right, which was a vow. And that's what kind of locks it down. It's like the, uh, oh, I don't even know how you would say it, but it's like the, the pressure on the Tupperware, you know, when you get the last bit of the air out, right, that locks that agreement down in there, just like Tupperware does. <laughs> if you don't know what Tupperware is, go look it up on, you know, YouTube or something. You'll figure it out. One of the things about the vows is, and and the agreements, is if you've made the vow, it's very easy to go back to. So you can be broken from it for a while. But I, today, um, I just said before the show, I made a comment about I'm lazy. Well, yesterday I nearly killed myself and a friend working us to death, hauling stuff out of a building. That wasn't exactly lazy. And I've had times where I've had a goal that I would push myself beyond limits, and God supported that. And yet I still go back to that agreement fairly often. So, Jim, since you got the microphone, why don't you go ahead and set up your clip? We'll go ahead and play your clip. All righty. My clip is Corey Ten Boom, and if you have never heard of her, I'm sorry because you need to. She's a was an amazing woman, still is, but she was a Christian who helped Jews during World War II, and her and her family, they all ended up in concentration camps, and she was very close to her sister, and that's the what you'll hear at the beginning of this clip, and then we'll revisit it. Betsy's concern for the perpetrators would come to mind. Corey had never forgotten the traitor responsible for the misery of so many people. She harbored great bitterness against him. Corey knew, though, that uh, when the time came that she was released from the camp and was back home, that she had to write him a letter, and she did and said that he was forgiven. And then she explained the gospel very clearly. And after a war, that man was sentenced to death because he had caused the death of many Dutch people. And when I heard that, I wrote him, your betrayal has meant the death of my old father, was 84 years old when they brought him into prison. After 10 days, he died. My sister, who died after 10 months, terrible suffering. My brother, he came out alive with a sick man and died through that sickness. And his son, 
never came back. I myself have suffered terribly through in three different prisons. But I have forgiven you. And that is because Jesus is in my heart. And I send that man a New Testament and underline the way of salvation. And that man wrote me that you could forgive me is such a great miracle that I have said, Jesus, when you give such a love in the heart of your followers, there's hope for me. Well, what hooked me in this is I don't know anyone that has the right, could have righteous anger, have bitterness stay with them more than, I mean, nobody I know currently has gone through what she went through or anything close. And yet she, and she admits how bitter she was and had to take that to God. And I was really looking to share the remedy or the bitterness, the bitter root, that does, once it's ingrained in there, it is hard to get rid of, rid of and you can't do it on your own. God's going to have to pull that out for you. But he's not going to do it if you don't take it to him and ask for it, as she did. And she had an impact on many, many people. She lost her sister, Betsy, who we and loved her, and they had plans that they were going to reach out to those that had hurt them during the war and that were hurt, the Germans that were hurt because of the war after they got out. And her sister said, we will both get out of here alive. Well, she got out alive going to heaven, but Corey was left behind and she spent her entire life serving many of her enemies as well as the Dutch that suffered it's a story worth getting familiar with if you've never heard it. Thank you, Jim. I wanted to revisit real quickly before we um, wrap up this show. You know, Wild at Heart, they, when they teach on spiritual warfare, their whole talk is about agreements. From start to finish, it's about agreements. And it sounds like those agreements are such small things, and that's what makes them so deadly. Right? It doesn't really seem like a big deal if I get mad and call myself an idiot. You know, who's that really hurt? Well, at the end of the day, it hurts me. At the end of the day, it can hurt my family. It can hurt the other people around me because when I react out of that place, it's going to be a place of anger. Right? And so those agreements are a big deal. And so you have those where you make these alliances with the enemy, really, in an agreement. That's what that does. A vow is a proclamation of never always you're taking a stand that this will never happen to me again, those types of things. I'll never love again. I'll never trust again any of that. And then you have the bitter root, which is also an agreement, but it's one that infects all aspects of your life or almost all aspects of your life. And we come back on the after hours. We're going to talk more about that, learn some of our stories. we got some great clips, one from Rodney that's pretty funny. You don't want to miss it. But in the meantime, go to masculinejourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp, November 17th through 20th. And you can also download any of our podcasts there. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Truth Network.